Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. You know you've landed here. It's Josh Carey, ready for another fantastic episode. I am particularly intrigued by this topic because I've been there. I, for one, happen to love speaking. And I don't just mean speaking in the traditional business sense, like on a stage or on a webinar or on a podcast. I just love talking. And I know that some people have all kinds of phobias when it comes to that. And our guest today is going to help us understand what it's going to take to get over that fear of public speaking, of all kinds of public speaking. It's Victoria Lezninyansky on the show today. Lezninyansky. How are you, Victoria? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you, Josh? I'm so well. So you, in part, right, how do we frame what it is you do? Because I know I touched upon it, but I want to hear in your own words, because it's so much deeper than that. You help introverted, as you say, introverted people just get more comfortable speaking. But there's something to be said that this isn't just about for those who want to speak on stages, right? Absolutely, yes. So what I do, what I really focus on is helping introverted entrepreneurs like us or introverted business, well, maybe you're not introverted, but <laughs> introverted, <laughs> introverted business professionals overcome their fear of public speaking. And I want them to transform from where they are right now to being confident, compelling, and captivating speakers, either in real life, you know, when, if they are speaking on stage, if they're speaking in the meeting, they're speaking in the room, or virtually, if they are on Zoom, if they're doing a live stream, if they're doing a podcast. It doesn't matter for people who are afraid of public speaking, it is a big deal, and it doesn't matter to them if it's a microphone, if it's a camera, if there are people staring at them, they're scared. And I feel it's a very, very important thing to overcome this fear because it hinders you everywhere, pretty much in your work, in your business, in your everyday life. And so that's what I do. Yeah. And like they say, there's that, there, there's that statistic, right? That they say, what's the biggest phobia? What's the biggest fear? It's fear of public speaking. That's and right. Jerry Seinfeld has that incredible joke where it's the fear of public speaking overrides our fear of death as a collective society, which as he puts it, means that people would rather be in the casket 
than reading the eulogy. <laughs> I love that joke. I just love that joke. And probably about 70-80% of all the people would probably prefer not to be in front of an audience. You are a very happy exception, somebody who loves to speak even in everyday life, you know, if not on a podcast and on stage and everywhere else. But yes, most people would prefer not to be in front of an audience because they feel that they are exposed. They feel that they're going to make a mistake. They feel judged, right? Even though that's not true. You and I understand it's not true. It's not like you're on stage and people sitting there just judging the whole time, right? No, people are engrossed in your message. But for most people, when they think of being in front of an audience, the very first thing they think about is, I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to look like a fraud. They'll realize I don't know anything. And it's funny because even people who are experts. Oh my gosh, yes. True experts in yes. their field. Like, you know so much. What are you afraid of? Mm. It's completely irrational, right? It's irrational. Yeah. And we all have, the more I speak to people on this topic, the more I realize we all have insecurities. We are all nervous at times. And we all have some semblance of quote unquote imposter syndrome. Yes. And oh no, they're going to really figure me out. And everybody has it. Even the most successful admit that like, yeah, I just, I'm, I, I don't have it figured out. So how do you begin when, when a person identifies as shy or introverted or has a fear of speaking in social or bigger gatherings? How do you be, where does it start to get us over that fear? Where do we begin? Well, the biggest thing, and that's really where I start, is the biggest thing is you have to understand if you continue focusing on your fear, if you continue, you, you know how everybody says practice makes it perfect, go do it scared, fake mm -hmm. it till you make it, right? There is a reason for all of that because, by the way, bad advice, but there is a reason for all of that because everybody tells you just go out there and do it. And so the problem with that is you're going out there and you're practicing and you're speaking in front of an audience, but the whole time you're focused on your fear right? You're focused on yourself. You're focused on how am I feeling or how I'm feeling, you know, like I'm less than, I'm not enough. So you're constantly staying in your fear mindset. And so the very first thing you have to understand is that the audience, whether it's virtual or live, they're regular people like you and me. They're regular people. And if you start thinking of them, as not enemies or critics or scary sea of faces, when you start thinking of them as regular normal people who have regular normal problems and issues and challenges and wins, just regular people, when you start thinking of them as regular people, you start thinking of it as having a conversation. Because the biggest thing about public speaking that I see is that when people frame it, I'm having a conversation. Granted, there may be more than one person. And granted, they're not responding other than non-verbally. But I'm having a conversation with regular people just like me. When you frame it this way, when you focus on those 
normal, regular people in front of you or behind your camera, and when you shift the focus away from you and how you feel that you are not enough, and you shift the focus to them and how you need to benefit them, that's when the magic begins to happen, right? It's all about focusing on your audience, shifting the focus from you to your audience. And what a lot of people, the mistakes that a lot of people make is that they never make the shift. They stay, because they're scared, they stay focused on themselves, on their fear, on the imposter syndrome, of whatever, but it has to do with them versus completely forget about yourself, shift the focus to your audience and completely focus on how you're going to benefit them. I think that's the first step. That's the most important. When you work with people, you're the founder of uh, Brilliant Speakers Academy. When you work with people, is it a mix? And I know one might come before the other, but is it a mix of gaining some self-confidence and practicing what you're going to say and then actually doing it? So it's like one is like the, the rehearsal and the behind closed doors and getting comfortable with what you're going to say, which you can do behind closed doors, but how much of it takes place behind closed doors and then how much takes place in the environment that it needs to take place in? You know, it's a really good question. And this is a question that I'm actually asked all the time. Because my clients are normally either business professionals or entrepreneurs. So people who are not just want to learn to overcome their fear of speaking just for the heck of it, like, oh, I just want to do it. No, people who actually need it in everyday life to stay credible, to continue being you know, because a lot, of, a lot of us have to be in the spotlight at our job, particularly right now when Zoom is everywhere. A lot of people are still working from home. A lot of times at work, you may have been hidden in a face-to-face meeting and you could kind of see this through. Now, a lot of my people are exposed. You have to talk. And what happens is that people come to me because they, they actually need it every day. And so they have an avenue to practice. And of course, they can also practice in our student group, but they have an avenue to practice. So they go through the program and every step they learn, we have implementation journals that they work through uh, so they can, because I truly believe, you know, if you try to learn by watching a video, you may as well just not even watch that video. Because what happens is you watch it, you're like, yeah, makes perfect sense. This is so good. I'm so inspired. I'm just going to go and do it. But unless there is an avenue for you to internalize it, to implement it, and to make it a part of you, you're not going to do it. You're not going to, you're not going to, it's not going to become a part of who you are. And this is very, very important. And no matter what you learn, the learning happens this way. You have to internalize it. You have to implement it. You have to make it a part of your mindset. And so what I teach in my program is not just this is the theory. This is, you know, this is a module. These are the lessons. This is all great. And my students love them. But then they have to go into the journals and start implementing everything right away. And then they go and they practice it. Again, they can practice in the group. But most of them have to practice in real life because 
they are out there every single day for their business or for their job. And so they have a chance to practice everything that they learn and internalize. Now they try it at work. And what they usually tell me, they say, oh my gosh, you know, today was the first time I actually spoke without being, you know, shaken the whole time. Or today was the first time I didn't throw up before I had to do a presentation. So they have, they make these little steps and they have a chance to, because my, my program is step-by-step. Step. I'm very much left brain. So it's all step-by-step-by-step. Step step. So you we build upon things. And so, yes, my students do have a chance to practice either within our program or, and that's what most of them do, go out there and start practicing little things. How did you get to, to be in this position? Were you always the confident, natural-born speaker yourself? Oh my God, no, absolutely not. I am so not like you. I was just chuckling the whole time you were talking about how you love to speak. I am so much an introvert. I would be the one who would be always in the background, who would be quiet, particularly growing up. I was so scared of it. And when I was little, I had this terrifying experience where I had to be on stage all by myself in front of a microphone, thousands of people. I had to recite a poem. I was 10 years old. I couldn't remember anything. I had this, you know, experience that everybody is afraid of. And I had to live through it where you don't remember a word. You're looking at that ocean of faces and they're giggling at you. And I ran off stage in tears. And since then I was like, I don't need this in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I like, I would have a panic attack anytime I saw a microphone. But then I became an entrepreneur in my mid twenties. And back then I'm going to totally date myself, but that was like, 20 years ago. <laughs> and back then, you didn't have the luxury of doing, you know, some, doing something through the camera or hiding. You actually had to go out there and face-to-face, mm, face-to-face, right? Those were the times. You, you wanted to find the client. There was no Facebook. <laughs> you go out there and you find the client. So I had to go to networking events. I had to give presentations. And I was doing everything that my students are doing wrong. I was that person who would go out there and I'm brave. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to courageously just go and stand in front of an audience and I'm going to overcome my fear and I'm going to practice until I'm blue in the face. And, and that doesn't work. It simply doesn't work because I was doing exactly what I told you before. I stood there the whole time focusing on my fear focusing on how I'm not enough. Who am I? Who am I to be in front of these people? Who am I to teach? What do I know, right? We, even when we know we're good at what we do, that is such a huge trigger when you see the audience. And it took me actually years. It took me years to figure out what I was doing wrong. And then I started changing things. I started changing my mindset. I started changing how I see myself. I started building my own inner confidence and I was doing it and doing it and do it without ever thinking that I'll ever teach it. Jeez, no, I did not want to be, you know, a teacher. I was actually a software engineer and the ultimate profession for an introvert, right? You're sitting in front of your computer and you're coding away. But as years went by and I was opening businesses. I was doing some corporate work. I was growing in the corporate. I was having high managerial positions, very visible. And I had to speak more and more. So I had to teach myself. And what happened at some point of time, I completely overcame my fear. And I would be in front of an audience and I would be completely comfortable and, you know, enjoying myself, enjoying this conversation. 
And people would come to me after and would say, oh my gosh, you're a natural. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not me. I'm not a natural. I was so scared. And then people would always ask, well, how did you do it? How did you do it? And so a few years ago, I, I was like, you know what? I didn't realize, I thought it was just me who is so scared of public speaking. I didn't realize how many people were. And so a few years ago, I literally sat down, turned on my, you know, software engineer brain, and I deconstructed everything that I had to do, everything that I had to go through for me to go from somebody who is very introverted, and still introverted, but very introverted, very scared, not wanting to be in front of an audience, having anxiety about microphone and camera to somebody who is completely comfortable, not afraid of an audience, and actually enjoys being in the spotlight. And so I took it all apart and I put it step by step into a system. And that system became my Brilliant Speakers Academy program mm. that I started teaching. But never, ever was I thinking that this would be something that I'll be doing when I grow up. <laughs> You mentioned the, the wonderful word mindset that you realized you had to change some mindset things in order to develop the confidence totally there. Um, I, I can relate to all that. What kind of mindset shifts are necessary here? Here is the thing. And here is, again, this is a huge mistake that people make. They think that in order to be great in public speaking, you just have to learn some tips and tricks. You know, maybe if you just, have you heard people saying that, oh, you need to look this way or you need to, you know, gesture this way or you need to walk on stage this way or you need to dress this way. It's like, I look at it and I'm thinking, oh, it's a Band-Aid. Mm. The biggest thing you need to change is your mindset. Because if you change your mindset where you are not scared of that audience anymore, after that, you no longer try to fake it. You no longer try to appear confident. Because again, this is what I see a lot of coaches do. They teach you, they show you how to appear confident. But when you just appear confident, but in your brain, inside of you, you still feel scared. You still feel like a fraud. That perfect facade it's going to crack. People will see that you're just faking it. What I teach, not how to appear confident. What I teach is how to feel confident on the inside. And there is a gigantic difference, right, in this. Appearing confident versus feeling confident. Because when you feel confident on the inside, you don't need to worry how you show up. Because you're going to naturally show up confident and in control and engaging and all of those things. But the mindset shift, again, that there are a lot of mindset shifts that you have to make, obviously, but the biggest ones have to do with how you see your audience, how you see yourself, how you know, how you can, that would probably would be a good way to put it, how you can gather up your inner confidence that all of us have, but we don't know how to project it whenever we need to. Usually when we, we may be self-confident all day long, but put us in front of an audience, that self-confidence disappears, right? We don't know how to 
projected. So this is the biggest mindset shift is how to learn to collect all of your self-confidence, learn how to build it up inside of you and then project it when needed. When you're in a situation where you have to walk into the room, you project your inner confidence and you walk into that room so you can speak to people confidently from the inside, not by trying to pretend somebody you're not. Does it make sense? Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. So how do you begin to teach confidence? It's a process. The way I teach confidence, and again, it's, we have different steps that we go through. The sure. very first step that I teach actually has nothing to do with confidence and has to do with the science of fear. You need to understand what fear is and what fear isn't before you can even start understanding how to overcome it. I don't hear a lot of people talking about the science of fear, but that's where we start. That's the foundation. Understanding logically how, what fear is, what fear does, and how you can reassess it in, at the moment when you need to reassess it. Because, because here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about fear, and I think a lot of your listeners will relate to this. We truly don't understand, oh, not we, I would say our brain, because we understand, but our brain, it just really doesn't get it. At the moment when our brain perceives we are in danger, our body begins to exhibit fear symptoms, right? So if you are swimming in the ocean and there is a shark, God forbid, you immediately experience fear symptoms, right? You, you, you freeze, you're brain goes blank, you, your mouth is dry, you, 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 you cannot move, right? Fear symptoms. But then you go in front of an audience and our brain perceives this as danger. And without us even thinking about it, automatically, our body begins to experience fear symptoms, right? Same fear symptoms. Our knees are buckling, we're sweaty, mouth is dry, we can't move. And the thing is that our brain really cannot distinguish between these two completely different types of fear, what I call reasonable fear and unreasonable fear. And we need, and that's like step number one, you need to learn to consciously, intentionally, at the moment, remind yourself that this is unreasonable fear. This is like the first step. It's not make or break something, but... This is the first step that you have to do to reassess the situation and to remind yourself it's just 
my brain trying to protect me. That's why I'm experiencing the symptoms. There is no danger. That's the first step. But then after that is when we start working through the mindset where we learn. And I have this whole brilliant speaker's formula as my framework where we learn how to love your audience, how to love what you're talking about, how to love yourself, because that's a big component of it, how to love yourself enough to step outside of your comfort zone because what you have to say is more important than your fear. And those are huge mindset shifts that you have to work through. And only then, next step, we start working on building your inner confidence, which you build by truly looking at yourself objectively, like other people do, and building up everything that's great about you, building up that best version of you, the most confident, the most compelling, the most educated, the most generous, right? You built up that best version of you, and you project it whenever you need to, on demand. And that's a skill. It's not something that happens automatically in the beginning. After a while, when you, when you, when you practice it, when you do it enough, right now, I don't have to think about any of it like consciously, right, intentionally. I, it happens like this. It's, it's, it became a part of me. And that's what I teach my students. Make that a part of you so that when you walk in front of an audience, when you turn on that camera, boom, you're already there. That inner person, that inner, what I call inner superhero, that inner superhero is able to be summoned on demand and you're talking to your, and you're having a conversation with your audience. Isn't it and crazy? That's, yeah. and, and that's just the beginning, right? So that's just the beginning. Yeah. Those are the fundamental steps to make you feel confident on the inside instead of just appear fake confidence. And isn't it crazy that all this is really about, like you framed it earlier, we just don't want to look silly or foolish or being made fun of. Here we are seemingly rational, rational, reasonable, dare I say, mature, well-rounded. You know, we're <laughs> none of those things as adults. We claim to be, but my goodness. We know better, right? <laughs> I think it'll take a, um, you know, several more decades for me to really feel responsible. And I'm like, how am I the father of two adoring children, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old? Nobody asked for my permission. I didn't have to sign any papers. Nobody came and said, are you up to the task and tested me? They're just like, here, you got two kids now. I'm like, ah, oh, this is how it works. Excellent. Thank you. I totally relate to that. Yeah. And like, as long as I pay taxes and like, like nobody has to sign off on my ability to really do this and to, to the best of my ability. So we like to think that we're rational and uh, well-rounded and mature again. But when we're on stage or in a group, we like really resort to these, it, they're almost childlike. Like you're going back to yeah. the 10-year-old, right? Yep. They're almost childlike. Like, oh, I'm standing here, whether again, it's on stage or in a group or at a board meeting or at a networking event or at a party or whatever. And I'm scared because I think when I'm talking, they're going to be giggling and like pointing and like telling their friends, oh, look at that. And it's almost humorous when you really break down the immaturity of the fear. 
right? Absolutely, it is. And logically, everybody understands it. Everybody gets it. Like, logically, it's so easy. And I'm sure, you know, somebody is listening to us right now going like, yep, makes perfect sense. I totally get it. But you go in front of an audience and boom, there is nothing you can do. You immediately start feeling it. So it's not that, and I think because the truth is everybody experiences it. It's how we deal with it. It's how we are able to, again, reassess this fear, what I, what I spoke about just a few minutes ago, is at the moment, reminding yourself how this, is, this fear that you experience in front of the audience is all about your sense of status. It's all about your sense of status, Ooh. right? It's about nothing else but your sense of status, how your sense, how your status can go down if you make a mistake, or your status can go down if they perceive you less than, how your status can go down if you show up not good enough in your mind, right? Mm. You are standing there and you, you, you logically have to reassess your fear on the spot. And then all the mindset tools that I'm teaching, that helps you immediately, you know, get that voice to stop talking because that voice in the back of your head will always be talking unless you tell it, mm -mm, done. I'm done with you. I'm going to focus on my audience. I'm not listening to you anymore. This is, it's not that, because I truly don't think, and I'm not afraid of public speaking at all, obviously, at this point, but I would lie if I said the thought never crosses my mind when I'm in front of a big audience that what are they going to think? right? That thought will always cross your mind. It's what you do with that thought mm. is what's going to change once you learn how to feel confident on the inside. I love the sense of status thing. That's really what it comes down to. We all have this position that yep. we place ourselves in life. And this really also comes down to millennia of our past, right? If we were like ostracized or shunned out of the yeah. circle or group. So that's really fundamentally what we're trying to avoid. But it just stands to be reiterated that our concern is if I look less than or less capable and I don't nail it and there's a little stumble, people are going to say, well, not good enough. You're out. <laughs> Right. And this is especially hard for introverts because, you know, when you're an extrovert, you, you love being the center of attention, right? You, you, you feed on that energy of people talking to you, of you talking to other people. But when you are an introvert, you, you just can't stand the spotlight. You just want to be hidden. You, that, you know, talking and being in front of people and being the center of attention drains you. It's just not your natural habitat. And that's why it's so much harder for introverts. And that's why I feel so much <laughs> passion for what I do because I've gone through this. I know exactly how introverts feel about this whole thing. And I know how much harder it is for them. And so I think when you're an extrovert, it's, it's definitely a little bit easier for you. Um, to be in front of an audience naturally, but at the same time, I think as an introvert, you're really good at shifting that focus away from you to your audience. Because as introverts, you know, that's what we naturally do. Like if, if you go to a networking event, for example, right, you, 
and, and that's from my personal experience. I would go to a networking event and I really would not want to talk about myself because again, I don't want to be sent of attention even with one-on-one. -on -one. So what, as any introvert, I would, what I would do, I would ask questions thoughtful, meaningful questions and have a really good deep conversation with the other person, but I would keep the other person talking mm. more than myself. This is a very natural thing for introverts to do, shift attention from us yes. to the other person. Yes. Very natural. That's and how so I grew up. That's what I'm still doing yeah. because it's just the first thing that, that I, it's like, this is how I'm wired as an introvert, but that becomes an advantage in a way because you already know how to shift the focus away from you to the other person so now you're just going to learn how to shift the focus away from you to a group of people and do it intentionally but introverts are actually really good at this and in spite of people feeling oh i'm an introvert so it's a disadvantage it is not yes you feel maybe a little more scared about the whole thing when you start but it's easier for you because you already have natural abilities. Hmm. We know we touched upon what that when you were 10 years old, that situation in front of the microphone. I'm sure we all have our version of that. But go back a little further. What was life like growing up for Victoria as a young child? Well, I was growing up in the Soviet Union. Oh, so. boy. <laughs> so my life was a little different than most people, but you know, it's what's interesting and I'm sure everyone can relate to this. No matter which environment you're growing up in, if you don't know anything else, mm. that environment feels normal. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, you could be in a billionaire family, you could be in the poorest family. It feels normal because this is what you're used to. This is what everybody else, everyone, everyone else around you is exactly the same. And so, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. And the only crazy thing about it, of course, was that it's, you know, no freedom of speech, nothing like that. You are doing what you're supposed to do and uh, what you're told to do. And that's how I actually ended up on that stage in front of a microphone all by myself is because I was growing up in the Soviet Union and I was in a pioneer camp, which was kind of like a Boy Scout camp where you are obligated to wear a red tie and sing songs and all of that stuff. But anyway, so I was asked to recite a poem on stage, a very long poem. Um, I, they, actually, the person who asked me, she kind of knew I was good at it because I did actually have a really good memory. I could recite a poem. I've never done it in front of so many people, and she only gave me a poem three hours before she Oh, no. And this is Soviet Union. This is not like, oh, I'm not going to do it. No, you go like, thank you. I'll do it. Thank you for the honor. I'll thrill to do it. And I, I did learn it. I truly did learn it. I still remember the beginning of it. It's crazy. It's been, I don't know, how many years. But I, when I stepped in front of that black ocean of faces, you know, you, you, it's all dark, right? The spotlight is on you and you're looking at them and you can see, sort of can see people and they're all staring at you. I couldn't remember a thing about that poem. Not a thing. And it was so terrifying. It was so scary. And this is something that does scar you for life. And I have a lot of students who come to me who say, you know, I've had an experience similar to yours and that's why I'm still, I'm trying not to be in front of an audience, but I have to. So don't hide 
behind bad experiences. Most of us had them, right? And it's not only about public speaking. I'm talking about everything right now. Mm. Uh, what I feel is a lot of people, nothing but a limiting belief that you, you need to overcome in order to step on the other side of fear. And again, it's not just in public speaking, it's in everything. We, we love to find excuses why we can't. And so what I want to teach my students is why you can. And you will enjoy it when, once you are on the other side of fear. After this experience that we keep grounding, the 10-year-old the experience, I want to hear a little bit about your, your young adult and trying to venture into the world yourself because my brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, is founded on the principle that I spent a lifetime hiding behind fear of all kinds, not just speaking, but of all kinds. Share a time with us that comes to mind when fear had you stopped in your, in your tracks and you could have gone one or two ways. You know, it's very hard to even think of that time because I am pretty decisive and pretty courageous when it comes to life decisions. I'm very much a risk taker. I, a lot of people are risk aversive. I am, I'm a risk taker. Um, so I, there was something that I'm looking back and I was still back in Soviet Union. I was probably about 14, 15. I read this quote that said, it was something along the lines of go follow directions or follow your dreams, live the life you imagined. I don't know why it stuck with me so much. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. I think that's how it said. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just want to do so much. Like I had so much passion for life. So many things I wanted to try. And very early on, I told myself, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to have regrets that I didn't do something, particularly when I already knew I was about to go to the United States. And I moved to the United States with my family in my early, very early 20s. I finished school in the Soviet Union in Russia. And I came here and I did my master's in computer science right away. And I immediately started working as a software engineer. But I was itching because I felt I wanted to do so much more. And entrepreneurship was on my mind, even though I didn't know what it was. I didn't even understand what it was fully but I felt such fire inside of me that I wanted my own business that I, I didn't sit on that decision for a very long time, to be honest with you. I was still working as a software engineer when I started my first company, a web development company. And I was just so passionate about it. I was doing it on the side. I was, it was so thrilling to me that I had my own business. I felt like this is what I'm meant to do. And then economy completely collapsed. Uh, I used to live in Colorado and telecom collapsed in Colorado and everybody lost their jobs. I was offered to go to New York to continue with my job in New York. I declined. I stayed in Colorado and I continued with my business. And it was such a great learning experience. And yes, you, you, you're scared. And yes, you, you don't know what you're doing. But you know, I truly believe that when you're passionate about something, you truly believe that you are capable of so much more than what you're doing right now. 
And I know a lot of people hear this. I know a lot of people understand this feeling, particularly if you are stuck in nine to five, for example, or you're stuck in business you don't like, or you're stuck at, job, at a job you don't like, but you have to do it because there is some sense of security there. I know you understand this when you're itching to go out and do something else and you're scared because something is holding you back. Well, in my case, after that, nothing was holding me back. So I went full-time into my business and I just continued doing it. And then I decided that I was going to go back into corporate world and learn more. And so I had a career in the corporate world. At the same time, I started another business and then I started another business. I always felt after literally a few months in the corporate world, I'm like, what am I doing here? I know I belong on the other side. You know, when you have such a strong feeling about it, you have to follow it. You have to. You, you, can't, you can't waste your life. I, I truly, I'm, I'm like I physically feel when I'm wasting my life. And, and it's such a bad feeling. And I'm, I always try to listen to this gut feeling mm-hmm. and go with that feeling. And I think the long, my longest corporate stint was like maybe for, I don't know, three years. And then I would go and do something entrepreneurial. And then... I may not like what I did anymore. I may need money for whatever reason. I need to go back to corporate. I've done that a couple of times. And a lot of times what I see, particular entrepreneurs, you know, they look back and they say, oh, I wish I've done this. I wish I've done that. I haven't done this. Or my path wasn't as good as I hoped. I haven't made as much money as I hoped. Or I've done, I opened their own business, which I think a lot of people can relate to. The way I look at it is that whatever happened in the past led you to where you are right now. Whatever mistakes you made, whatever corporate career you had, whatever businesses you started, whatever businesses you failed at, everything that you've learned took you to where you're supposed to go. I'm a big believer in that. And so I don't look back as, I wonder why I did it. I look back and go like, I understand now why I had to do this. I understand now why I had to work in this job. I understand now why I had to start this business. So for those of you who are on the brink of trying to decide what to do with your life, or you may have lost a job, because of COVID or whatever else happened, you know, listen to yourself, listen to your gut and see if there is something that maybe it's telling you that you need to do something else. Yeah, the the trick, the other obstacle is in real time. Often it might be uh, easy to look back and say, oh, I see why that happened. Yeah. But the trick is in real time saying, this is absolutely crazy. And then stopping yourself and saying, all right, where's the good? What's the lesson here in real time? What could I, yeah. you know, instead of kicking and screaming and go forth that way? Absolutely. It's so true, Josh. So true. Oh my gosh. No. And I don't want to, you know, appear like, oh, I'm this wise person who in real time can see it. No, oh, no. never, in never in real time. In real time, you're like, what was I thinking? Oh my gosh. What was that? Why did I open this business? I don't even like, right? You, in real time, it, nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then... You go forward a few years, you look back, you're like, that's why, that's why. Then it all starts making perfect sense. But I think we all need to find our 
it's, it's, a, it's a journey, yes, and it's a journey, not a destination. You know, we need to enjoy the journey, but we also need to find something that we are working towards, that's something that carries us to the next day and to the next day, something, and it's something inside of us. It's not something outside. Yes, we all have certain goals and dreams and certain things we want, right? But people who I see achieve the most, they have this drive inside of them. It's a satisfaction they get from achieving something more than any material thing. It's just, it's just feeling this, this fire inside of you, knowing that, yes, yes, I did it. Yes, I did this. I did it. It's that what I think drives the most successful people more than, oh, I want to make six figures. I want to make seven figures. I want to make eight figures. I think that's certainly a driver but you have to have something inside of you that makes you get up every morning and move forward. Absolutely perfect. As we look to wrap all this up, what is the very next thing that the person listening could do? Well, if you would like to learn more about how to overcome your fear of public speaking, I would absolutely encourage you to take my free masterclass. And it's www, so you need to register for it. It's absolutely free, but you have to register. It's www.byvictorial.com slash four steps, four as number four steps. And this is a masterclass where I teach you three self-sabotaging mistakes that we make. I teach you four steps that you must do to overcome or start overcoming your fear and deliver a powerful presentation and i think you're going to really 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 enjoy this training so that probably would be a great next step well i've really 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 enjoyed this conversation it's you, it's right after my own heart i i think it's important i get it and i wasn't always there you know i spent 15 years pursuing an acting and film career so on the surface <laughs> it looks like oh you've been on stage you've been in front of the camera yeah, yeah i was not i was not always skilled but i kept showing up and i got a little better and better. But on the inside, I was a mess. I was always insecure. And until I was able to flip that script, I was able to say, well, the better I am as a person, the personal growth and, de and the development is how it's going to be. I was on that stage seeking the external approval. It never came. It never worked. Yes. It never helped heal whatever I was trying to heal. So, you know, even on the surface, if, if, if it looks like I'm, I'm out there and I was out there and bumbling around, I was the fool. I looked like the fool. And now I'm able to by putting in the daily consistent changes in habits, patterns, thought, thought patterns, beliefs, uh, make a little bit of a change and keep showing up behind a mic or in front of a camera or in front of a group and hone the skill because it is a skill. Yes. So I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all this today. I love the dialogue. Thank you. I loved being here, Josh. Thank you. And I appreciate everybody for being here as well, for tuning in. Continue to get your kind words. I love reading your reviews. If you're catching this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your favorite, please do subscribe and tell a friend if you enjoyed it. We're going to have another episode not too far behind. Until we do, thank you so much for tuning in. Go get them. 
Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.